Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Anovia Conversation. I'm Steve Waltz. And I'm Jeff Pergelski. And today's episode, Jeff, is all about CRM. How about save my CRM? How's that sound? Save my CRM. I like that. Um, it's actually, it's been a couple of weeks since we recorded one of these. Um, so it's good to be back um, on the mic with you. I have been, guess what I've been doing, Steve? Let's see, skateboarding. Ooh, good guess. Um, <laughs> thanks to almost breaking my ribs in Portland that uh, I've taken a break from that. No, I have been out um, on, a, on a couple CRM projects um, implementing uh, CRM. So this this episode, Save My CRM, is is a great topic. I'm, uh, you know, I, I hopefully I'm uh, implementing a system that will not need to be saved, but, uh, but I bet listening to uh, what you've got to say about saving CRM will will definitely help guarantee my uh, CRM implementation. Yeah, it's, a, it's a guarantee. I'll put it in writing for you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. So uh, and, and this is uh, this you, you're giving us a, um, uh, a high level version of a presentation that you're going to be doing for the uh, Dynamics user group community. Is that right? That's right. So, um, you know, I've I've done some professional development webinars for the user group community for not just for the NAVBC, but I'm doing another one. This one's for all the user groups, the AX, the CRMUG, the GP, NAVUG, Power BI, you know, basically all the user groups on, you know, on a topic that I'm passionate about. Like you said, you were out there talking with customers about CRM and, you know, they all say what? Salespeople love CRM. They all can't wait for it. You know, that big brothers watch them is cool. And I'm, I can't wait to put my activities in and, and make sure every opportunity is updated, right? Is that, are those the conversations you're having, Jeff? Um, actually, that would be the opposite of the conversations <laughs> because I've actually been doing ride-alongs with salespeople. And let Ooh. me tell you, um, I have had to do some serious arm twisting to uh, to just get them to the point where they'll let me ride along with them. And it's not because they listen to the podcast. It's right. because of that fear they have of, of what a CRM system means um, to a salesperson, right? It, it is scary. I was so... You know, 15 plus years ago, I was that guy, right? Because, you know, you think about when you kind of, I know you're more technical and gotten pre-sales, but, you know, when I started, you know, it was, it was all paper. You would have filing cabinets, you would have folders, you would follow up on a phone call. And it was kind of your information, like kind of a comfort food. They were your customers. Now, all of a sudden, everything that was proprietary to you, you're putting on your CRM, right? And then not only are you put it there, it's timestamped and people can see it. And it's like, oh, this is this is kind of new. Big Brother's kind of watching me. I never really paid attention before. Is that what you're kind of getting the feeling out there in the field? Yeah. And I think it, it's, um, you know, certainly there is an aspect of, um, of sort of, you know, salesperson management that could be an important um, reason for companies to implement CRM. Um, ultimately, I think the, the best reason to implement CRM is because you're trying to um, you're trying to, to capture um, some level of detail about the relationships that your sales team is building with your customers and, and prospects. And from that perspective, um, you know, I've been able to get some salespeople to see the light on why it's important that we capture some of the information that a CRM system traditionally holds. But, uh, but yeah, there's certainly been that big brother aspect that they're all afraid of. Well, selling's emotional. And you kind of made a point there. Like, so if I get a customer, Especially if I 
found it and brought him into the account. There's some emotional attachment to it, you know, and then being on both sides of the fence, I get it, you know, and, and, the, and the, what happens is, is that, you know, salespeople get paid a salary, they get paid money to bring people in, but now it's time for the company to take care of that customer because it doesn't really matter how great a salesperson you are if you can't deliver it on time, billboard it on time or support it, right? And, you know, it kind of gets lost in that track, but I think there's a conversation missing with that with some salespeople. And, you know, those are some of the points that I'm going to be doing on, on the webinar. So I think you're, you're, you're kind of right on the money. But so what I can do is kind of get into a little bit of what I'm going to talk about and, uh, you know, and why, because I think, you know, the, the why, because I, you know, a lot of the a lot of things I've done, you know, for webinars for us or for the user group have been, you know, cracking the CRM code. You know the the, uh, the the four sales processes is, is you know there's a lot of things to help make it successful but at the end of the day like I was out a couple of weeks ago uh, at a new customer and the VP of sales told me that they just spent a hundred thousand dollars on this dynamic CRM and it's junk and I was like what do you mean it's junk and you know it's it was just you know it was you know I started asking the questions well, why did you go to the CRM you know what was your strategy for it you know how did you you know what was your you know planning process and he just had a, a deer in the head like look at me and i'm like oh, there, there's kind of some of the answers right <laughs> to to what's going on but I, I think a lot of times people just buy the software thing it's going to fix things right it's like having a bad marriage like having kids are going to fix it and it really doesn't doesn't go well so i mean you do a lot more when the conversations of like once it's sold and helping them get it implemented but I mean, do you feel the conversations by the time it gets to you have all been addressed, or do you feel like you're just kind of like all over the map trying to like piece things together from the leadership team, from the sales management team to the sales team? Yeah, I would say that um, a, a common um, thread that I've I've discovered, at least in in my small sampling, is there's there hasn't been a great deal of conversation about about the why um, for. You right. know, to deliver um, to the sale to the people that are going to use the system. Um, you know, senior leadership hasn't always been really great at uh, at at you know um, telling them why, and and I think then the perception goes to like it's it's the big brother perception. Like they just they don't think I'm doing my job. They think I'm out golfing every day or whatever it is that salespeople are supposed to do and and not you know selling but uh so i think that's certainly an aspect that uh that could um s help um guarantee success of a crm implementation is if everyone understands um the reasons and and reinforcing i think that how important those relationships are that the salespeople have built with customers and, you know, and reassuring them that we're not looking for software to uh, impersonate a relationship. We're just looking to document uh, appropriately. Right. And so like the first question I ask customers is, you know, like you said, the why, what is the reason you're choosing it? And, and I tell you, um, an owner, a VP, it seems like, you know, they, uh, it's for compliance or they want to see what the salespeople are doing. And, and so this is why it blows up because at the end of the day, management wants it for management. You know, they want to, they, they, you know, they want it for reporting, they want it for forecasting and it just doesn't go well. I mean, if the mindset of, that's the mindset of a salesperson, Jeff, we, we talk about all the time, bring deals into the sales pipeline, right? Work the deal through the pipeline, win it, lose it, go on the next one. It's pretty simple. If you build your CRM to do that, you have a chance. If and, and then if you build it 
because the manager or the VP went to some session and saw the funnel and says, oh, I want that, you know, and then, oh, you know, and for some reason, I've never understood it being on both sides of the fence, right? Everybody wants to know what the salespeople are doing. I, I've never had a salesperson ask me, I wonder what the accounting folks are doing. I wonder if Sally posts more than Bob, right? And it's, it's, just, it's just a different part of the company because sales is passion-driven. I mean, you think about it, Jeff. If you, can, if you had a bad attitude and you know, just kind of a complainer and a whiner, could you sell? You, you really – it'd be difficult, wouldn't it? it? It really would be, Yes. I mean, so, but if you're posting transactions or doing receivables or sitting behind a computer doing that, can you do your job that way? You know, and, and I would guess, yes. Yeah, you can. I, I mean, I obviously, people don't want to talk to you, but you can still do your job. <laughs> but in sales, it's kind of performance based. And, you know, a lot of things that companies think when they do it that way, and, and that's why the two thirds failure rate is so high is because they're, they're doing it for the wrong reasons. Because I, I learned a long time ago, you know, that. Unless you own something, it doesn't get done. You cannot force adoption, okay? You know, a majority of the companies I talk with view as a tool for management, and it's not. I mean, you can get some benefit, but it's not – well, first off, it's not – if you have a poor sales team, it's not going to fix it. You know, and and, and I was surprised when I first started doing, you know, more conversations about it. And it's in, and it's like how if if you have poor performer that doesn't follow up or has a bad attitude, how's that going to fix it? It's just a piece of software, right? And it doesn't really address the sales experience aspect of it. So you know, I, I think what is missing a lot, and what's it's kind of scary in the CRM world that we're going to, or just you know in the the data world that we're in, is that the value of having that seasoned professional, that guy that's been there, that guy or girl that's been in, the, in you know selling for a long time, sitting next to the new hire. You know, if you're outside sales, riding along with them. Hey, 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 Sally, you know, when what's the purpose of the call? I'm just checking in. And you know, everybody likes to make fun of me here, right, Jeff, when, I, when we say just checking in, right? Um, you, you know, it's okay. Do you, you have, you know, what's your purpose for the call? So, you know, why are we here? What, you know, if, what do you, what's the goal of the call? What's your plan next step? To have that veteran salesperson with you, you know, is so important because even though, we automate these processes in CRM. It, it, they still need to know how to sell. And I think that is kind of being lost a little bit in this. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I would. I mean, I, I certainly think you bring up a, a good point there. Um, and it is something that, that I've observed um, through, the, uh, through the CRM implementations that I'm working on now. Right. And, and so when, when we, we all know that the adoption rate is poor. So I ask, who's the CRM for? Is it for management or is it for the salesperson? If it's for management, it's going to fail. Okay. The question that needs to be asked, will this help the salespeople bring in more deals, work the deals and close deals? Period. I mean, in, you know, I call it, you know, if you think about like your outlook and your cell phone, Right. How many, we talked about this on a podcast before, right? We have deals in our mind that should be in CRM and we can work it through there. So if it's easier to work it through Outlook and my cell phone, then I will because CRM has to be for the salesperson first. Okay. And you know, one thing that you brought up too is that, you know, the customer relationship, there's, there's a couple things that I feel that when I'm talking with, with customers is that there's a couple things that should be assumed. One you know, when people say, oh, we're trustworthy, well, trust should be assumed. And hopefully, you're taking care of the customer should be assumed. 
So, you know, the, the it's, is it assumed that salespeople are hunting for new business, bringing them in the pipeline, working at deals? Kind of. Um, so if you build it for that first with in mind that you can enhance the customer experience secondary, it, it tends, it tends, it tends to go well. So, uh, you know, and, and I love asking people, so what is CRM to you? And do you feel that some people think it's like, it's almost like another salesperson, like, like you will just automate this and it's like having a, you know, a digital salesperson. Yeah, I think there's, um, I've, as I've been, uh, as I've been working on these projects, um, you know, calling, um, riding along with salespeople in their day to day. And a lot of times, you know, they explain my presence in this, uh, in a sales meeting, like, oh, this is, uh, you know, this is a consultant who's helping us with a CRM. So I've had discussions with, with the, um, with the clients of our clients and about their CRM systems. And it's, it's strange. I think every conversation I've had, they use CRM differently. Um, so the idea that, you know, CRM could be, could be a salesperson. Um, I think in a, in an ideal world, maybe if you've got a system that's, that's really humming, it could, it could lead to, um, producing more sales, like an additional salesperson. But ultimately I think it, depends on uh, on if it's useful for the salespeople, like you said. Well, it's a tool, and you kind of said it. So, you know, everybody will use it differently. A salesperson will use it differently than a sales manager. The leadership team will use it different than the sales manager. And then people in other divisions will use it for other things, right? And so the discussions are, are, you know, is that, you know, you have that one, the thing called, what, the 80-20 rule? You got the, you got the 20% of the salespeople that make 80% of the sales, 20% of your customers bring in 80% of your business. And if you think about like other groups, like, you know, Jeff, you've involved in, you know, volunteer, you know, not-for-profits or church groups, it's almost like the same people, right? Constantly doing things together. You know, I call them the GSD people. You know, those people have the mindset that I got to adapt to change. I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to do it. This is going to help me. You know, I, I remember when I first heard about salesforce.com, I'm like, well, this is evil, <laughs> right? It's like, Mm-hmm. Big brother watching me. And then, you know, as I kind of learned, hey, you know what? I can put all my extensions of phone numbers for all my contacts in here. Oh, wait a second. I can put all my notes in here. Oh, what's an opportunity? Oh, you mean I could actually take this and now make a plan for it? You know, and that's it. Those are things that would help me, in my mind, sell more product or and, and, and sell more stuff. So, I, you know, I, I made it sense that way versus the mindset of, hey, you know, we want you to log everything in every time you do it, every second of the day. We want all your notes in there. You know the the why is kind of missing, but um, but I think you you kind of you kind of got onto it. And you know, Jeff, selling's emotional, don't you think? People buy on it is. An emotion and rationalize it later. Is. It, it is, and salespeople deal with a high rejection rate. And I think one of the things you know, as I've talked with cracking on this the sales, CRM code and these other things are, you have this thing called opportunities. And everybody, you know, CRM is really about your opportunities. That's what your pipeline is. So when you see that beautiful funnel, you know, you have this sales pipeline where you stage out your cycles, right? You're, hey, how you doing? Can be your early entry into the funnel. You know, did you have a conversation for a fit? Can be your next stage. Did you do any type of demo or presentation? Could move it on and to the point where you deliver a, a proposal and then win or lose it, right? So that kind of Depending on what you sell in your cycle, that creates your part of selling. You know, the thing that I was most um, 
that that I found most interesting is in, in terms of how different CRM can be from you know what it means from company to company. Um, it, it turns out in uh, um, in one project the um, the most important information that the salespeople wanted included in in their CRM tool was um, was inventory availability. So, um, so we customized a, uh, a screen in, uh, business central so that, um, they had, you know, a 360 degree view of, of their customer from the standpoint of, um, available credit, um, you know, pending sales orders, back ordered equipment, um, all of that just in one, um, in one space. And as we were rolling it out to, uh, to these, um, to these salespeople that to be honest, weren't involved in the initial design phases of the solution just mm -hmm. because they weren't used. To, I mean, these, these were users that had not logged into uh, nav or business central before. So we had to create something. So we, we worked with the sales managers and their, um, sales support team to, bring up all the information and when we showed it to them um after you know trying to schedule ride-alongs for three or four weeks when they said no we're, we're too busy um ask me later too busy ask me later um then we had to you know do i have to call your boss to to get a ride-along and then um <laughs> then suddenly they made time but but then you know once we got over that initial fear um showing them the information that we gave and uh, that we gave them in in terms of the crm tool it was um like Oh my goodness! This is um, this is really going to help. Like, and then you know, well, how much how much um, information do I have to enter? I you know, everyone else, I at at my old company we use CRM, and and you know, um, all I did was spend half my time in front of my computer entering in notes, and uh, and I think we found a happy medium for them. But uh, but like you said, it's got to be for the sales team. And and does it shock you that one of my CRM implementations? Um, don't use opportunities at all in CRM? Well, no, that's a good question because as as I've been involved in, you know, in the NAV world, BC, we got some people that manage a lot of relationships, right? Maybe, you know, uh, they're 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 reaching out to, you know, for for donations and different things. So, you know, it it is a little different, but it's, you know, think about it if if you're if you are a, a company that is selling product or service. And want to track your pipeline? I mean, how do you do that? You, you get you opportunities in the system. <laughs> you have your opportunities in the system, right? And you have to have it staged out correctly. And and so you know, it, it can be used for other things. You know, so we've I've had people I talk with they they just wanted to manage their contacts and send Christmas cards out. I and I and I get it. And you can do that. And it's a great way to use your contact because especially in Navin BC. You got it in there for at, at, at no charge when you bought the software, so it's there, so you can you can use it. And you know, I would say less than twenty percent of our customers actually use it. So, uh, but I think what's cool, Jeff, is what you just said is that it's the engagement. It's a you know between uh, you are you are engaging your sales team, right, versus dictating what you're going to do. And now they saw, aha, this is going to help me do my job, right? Like you said, it was it's like an aha moment versus you're going to do this. And, you know, the ride-alongs are kind of funny. I just remember, uh, you know, I, I was the guy that would, if I would ride along with reps, they were kind of nervous because, like, why are they bringing Steve in? <laughs> I wasn't the hatchet man. You know, I was just there to, I was there to help them. And, uh, but I, I think what it was is that they wanted to have a good day plan for you, right? I, 
And it was funny. Some of the best reps I work with would have a would have a nightmare day for you, like all these problems they wanted you to fix in their accounts. They wanted to use you while you were there versus show you, look how great I am. And so, and that can vary. So well, I guess, you know, one of the things that leads to Jeff is this is a discussion, and I, you know, I want to kind of get your take on it because, you know, one thing I like to ask where there's problems. You know, I want to what's what is your company culture like? Right. One thing that no one wants to speak to is the is the sales culture or the company culture. And and and, and what I mean by that is you remember 10 years ago when the market crashed and 30% of orders just kind of stopped overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden thin pipelines were exposed. And when you have a thin pipeline, all eyes are upon the pipeline. And there's more stress because once a deal gets put into that as an opportunity. You know, people outside the sales organization start wanting to just beat on the sales team. What's going on? We got production. You might have leadership. You might have supply chain. You know, all these different people that kind of come in that want to know, you know, and try to give their advice, right? So, but if, if you know, as a sales rep, let me ask you this, Jeff. What, so if you put an opportunity in and you're going to be hammered from the moment you put it in on where's that, what's going on, what about this, what about that, are you excited about putting that opportunity in? I am not. You know, I'm afraid to put it in. Well, because you know what happens is, I, you know, I love the closing rate conversations. I remember when you know, probably shouldn't be saying this, but I remember when I met, you know, when Tom brought me on board and was like, "Oh, we're 80 percent closing rate." I'm like, "Well, that's going to get blown up, <laughs> right?" <laughs> you know, because you know it's different because we have we have a lot of current accounts and we manage it. But I get it. But to me, it's like if you have a closing rate of 70 to 80 percent, do you think all the deals should be? that are in CRM are actually in CRM. It's, you know, I know it's, for a fact they're not. They're, they're not because if the focus is on that closing rate and I'm working my deal through my Outlook or my cell phone, maybe I met somebody at a trade show, right? And, hey, I had a good conversation. All of a sudden they send you an email. Hey, let's have a talk. I'm not going to put that one in CRM because if I put it in, I'm going to be attacked. What's going on? Who's this? What's that? Right? So, and then if I lose it, that hurts my closing ratio. So if if I wait and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm going to have this big conversation, boom, you know, it's it's kind of put in there. And I think that we have one in our company that got to put in, I won't say the person's name. <laughs> it was a nice opportunity. What does it rhyme with? Yeah, what's it rhyme with? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not going to go there. But anyway, uh, it you know, it happens. Sometimes you're talking and all of a sudden, boom, it accelerates and then it gets put in and like, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, those are the fun ones, right? People put it in and you plot it versus the people in, you know, that got to deliver the product like, oh, crap, we're, I should have known about that three months ago. So there's, you know, a lot of that depends on your culture. And I'm from the school that your relationship between the sales people and the frontline sales manager, you know, there needs to be a trust, have each other's back. And if somebody wants to keep coming over from other parts of the company, they need to go through the sales manager versus the salesperson directly. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that you want to share. No, I think that um, that company culture, absolutely. I I don't know that it specifically relates to CRM, but certainly it's an important part of, of a CRM implementation because how the, you know, does the sales team feel respected by the rest of the organization? Do they feel um, attacked? Um, it's, it is a, um, 
it's an important part of, of understanding. And that was something that I think I was fortunate in that the companies I was working with, there was, um, there was apprehension from the sales team, but there was, um, a great relationship between the salespeople and the sales managers. So they were, you know, they wanted to do the right thing. They were just a little bit uh, nervous about it. And I think that, you know, the rest of the companies, um, the rest of the company culture as it relates to sales, you know, we see some sales um, driven organizations that are, you know, just like you go in there and it's amazing. They're like everyone from, you know, the CEO down um, to the warehouse worker is, is figuring out like, how can we say yes to our customers when they ask us for something? Right. Um, and, and that's, you know, I think um, if you've got a sales team that is um, in an organization in a culture like that, then um, CRM implementation becomes pretty easy because everyone realizes the importance of the relationship with your customer and they're doing everything they can. That's certainly, I think, the exception, uh, not the rule in uh, in today's business world, but it's a goal that everyone should be shooting for, us included. Right. I, I agree. And, and, you know, a, a lot of times, you know, one of the comments you made is is taking care of the customer and and, you know, when I was with Pharma, I was an account manager for a long time. And I think what happens is if, if you, let's say you, you, you basically have a bunch of accounts. And this has been surprising to me over the last couple of years, how many companies I've talked to that are discontent with their current base of customers. And they don't, they're not really hunting for new business. And then I'll talk with the salespeople and I'm like, you do what? It's not like a customer service representative. And, and you know, and, and I get it because I remember having these accounts that I would be in there all the time. And you feel like, you know, you're the personal concierge. But a lot of that stuff could be done by a customer service person because if, you know, if it, it, I always say compensation drives performance. And, you know, why would you have a highly paid salesperson kind of like being, you know, the, the customer service rep. And, you know, there, there's a point that you have to do that and have a process to take care of the customer. But, you know, one of the things that I think is a good opportunity, and especially at the time that you're in there talking to customers about CRM or implementing it is, you know, let's talk about the role of your of your salesperson or the role of your account manager. You know, what, what are they supposed to do? You know, because especially if they have just been taking care of customers, and they, there was no CRM, and they were left alone for years, you know, with no really, I wouldn't say accountability, but, you know, now all of a sudden, all eyes are upon them in their mindset because they now have CRM. And, you know, they kind of like not only do you want you to log it, you know, maybe, you know, they bought into a package to where we're going to change, you know, our sales process. We're going to change this. So now their whole world has been <laughs> turned upside down. <laughs> you know, hey, I'm, I had a pretty good gig for 10 years. Now this CRM stuff came along and messed it all up. You know, so I don't know. You, you, probably, you probably got some of those conversations, didn't you? Mm-hmm. I did. And so I and I think, you know, what also happens, Jeff, is there's is. Are you, are you involved with any adoption plans by management for this, or, or have you even had those conversations? I have no. I was um, I was brought in to implement um, after the decisions were made. Okay, and you know one of the things that happens is, is that you know I remember with the pharma, and you know the the, the intent was everybody put your customers in here. Everybody, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to do that, and. You you cannot force adoption. 
Um, and there was really no plan in place. So what I mean by that is as you're working with your sales team and, and you're interacting with them and you're getting them to kind of help own this process is that, you know, all right, the first six months, you know, we want to see, you know, activities put into your, your, your top accounts or all of your accounts or depending on it, you know, there just needs to be a plan in place. And you have that plan by knowing how many customers you have and, you know, how many people inside the customers. I really don't know, you know, to our listeners, how, you know, what that is. But, you know, kind of a tiered plan, like, okay, but, you know, in the next six months, we want to have, you know, 50% of our activities in there. We want to have opportunities in our top three accounts. Okay. Maybe it's two or three months. I don't know. And then, you know, we tear that up to a year until you get to the point where, okay, you know, if once you work the kinks out and help them, you know, the, the CRM to help them bring the deals in and, and move the deals out, they want, they should be wanting to put it in. So, you know, I think there's a lack of a plan by management for that adoption. And I don't, and I don't know if our, you know, if consultants in general know how to have those conversations. What are your thoughts on that? Um, personally, I was not a good advocate in that way. Uh, I mean, I think because I wasn't involved in the, uh, um, in the, in that discussion at the beginning, there was a lot of, um, a lot of assumptions made. Um, and, right. and I think that, uh, that you're right, um, as consultants, depending on when you're brought in, obviously if you're brought in at the beginning, um, and you can start having, you know, asking the questions that you started this podcast with about why are you doing it? And, um, and, and getting answers, I think that are, you know, that are, thoughtful answers to those questions. So, you know, why are we doing it? We're not, we're doing it because, you know, we want our sale, we want our pipeline bigger. We have sales goals to hit. Um, you know, those, I don't think are, are, are thoughtful answers to that question. Questions like we want to give our salespeople better tools to make them more efficient. We want to have a better, a uh, stronger connection to our customers. So we, you know, which will improve customer service. Those types of answers, I think, get people thinking about CRM in the right, right. way. Well, you know, I agree, and you know, I, I was when I was in D.C. It was about a year and a half ago, and the owner of this company. I just, you know, there's, there's a couple conversations you just there'll be just, you know, buried inside your memory to the day you die, you know, and and just the way that I mean, he purely wanted it to watch the activities and 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 what the salespeople he wanted to micromanage and you know and, and view it. And when I kind of we've had these conversations. And he kind of got to the mindset of a marketing mindset. Like he just wanted to see 20, he wanted to see this amount, dollar amount in the pipeline. And he wanted to see this amount of activities every week. And, you know, when we had the conversation, I said, you know, at the end of the day, what matters? Well, and my salespeople are working. I said, so at the end of the day, what really matters? Well, I want to make sure that, you know, what I pay them, they're, they're doing. I said, okay, let me ask you one more time. <laughs> at the end of the day. What is the most important thing a salesperson needs to do for you? Close business, right? And so what would you rather have a salesperson? Let's say your top salesperson sold three times more than the next guy and only worked 20 hours a week and put in five activities. And then you had the second guy that actually sold one third of what the guy did, but did everything you're thinking, what would you rather have? And he goes, the second guy. And, yeah, and I'm like, maybe I need to find a new job. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm like, and and so in his mind, this person wanted to see the activities. And I'm like, you know, I remember on the plane coming back, I'm thinking, you know, that's, you know, there's a marketing mindset, which is clicks are good, right? Activities is good. Activity is important. But being in sales, Jeff, for over 30 plus years, closing deals is the most important thing. Am I, am I, am I off key on that? At the end of the day, isn't like selling stuff important for a company? I would say yes. But again, keep in mind, um, I would always defer any sales-related questions to you. Well, <laughs> you know, because it's, 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 it's funny. Like when I did sales training, when sales reps would beat around the bush, I'm like, you know, you're a salesperson. They're expecting you to ask them to buy something. And they're like scared. Like, okay, you kind of maybe, maybe sign this. Like, really? You know, they, they kind of know why you're here. And, it, you know, when, when that happened, it just really kind of shook me up. And then I just realized all the conversations I had prior getting up to the owner. Now it all made sense. Like, okay. Cause everybody else is like, yeah, I hear you, Steve. I hear you, Steve. <laughs> right. And I'm, and I'm like, well, that guy was more worried about the activity and watching what they were doing versus, uh, you know, selling things. And that kind of brought me to the mindset of like all this data, there's so much data out there. You know, like I call it the data dilemma. There's, you know, there's people that have 20 some sales reports, Jeff. Hey, they want, they're, they're trying to watch and measure things that they can't control. So, you know, I, and I, I, when I do presentations, I don't know if you do this at the user groups, I'll ask people, does anybody like use Excel spreadsheets? Is anybody addicted to Excel spreadsheets? <laughs> yeah. Like each, um, because of, uh, in the current CRM project I'm working on, yeah. the, um, Every member of the sales team, because they lacked, they didn't have any CRM, um, it, every single one of them had a different spreadsheet. So one of the interesting things we did was, yeah, I was grab those spreadsheets and just, and, and just, you know, everyone was struggling to, to maintain their own spreadsheet. And uh, when all of this information and, and they didn't have access to their ERP system, so they were asking someone at the back office to send them data so they could create these spreadsheets that gave them some insight into their customers' inventory and sales patterns. And, you know, all we had to do was give them access to the ERP system in a way that was, um, you know, efficient for them. So they didn't have to click around. And, um, and so, so a spreadsheet addiction, I thought that was just for accountants, but apparently it's for sales teams too. Well, it's, it's everybody, you know, everybody has their own mindset of how they want to see it. And, you know, and the hardest thing is, is that, you know, what is the management looking at? And it, you know, if you may, because if in your mindset, if you have your own spreadsheets and they have their own, and I always like to ask this to a sales manager, can you manage and coach your sales team effectively from a spreadsheet? And, and the answer is normally no, because the, it shows you past activity, what's been done. Unless you're out there working with your salespeople, you really don't see the quality of the activity. And, you know, I I just remember when uh, I would look at these activities in CRM and it was like, you know, like two sales reps. One guy was a rock star. The other person was, you know, bottom third performer. And they they both had identical things written in their activity. I met with so-and-so and I showed them this deck and they liked it. And the next step is I'll reach out to them next week. Well, I happened to work with both those people in those, in, in those meetings. And the one rock star guy basically went on the LinkedIn sites, knew everybody that was going to be at the meeting, had a plan, was interactive, involved with them, and towards the end asked for a next step, got it, and picked a date out, where the other person went in there 
just read the PowerPoint presentation at the end said, what do you think? Oh, great. Okay, dokie. See you later. <laughs> and they walked out. But if I'm reading that from a spreadsheet or my activity of my CRM, it looks identical, doesn't it? It does. And, and, and sales managers or people at, you know, in, this, in the leadership or C-suite need to be aware of that because I think what happens is it gives you this false sense that you're participating in it. If people look at spreadsheets and data all the time, especially the activity of salespeople, it's almost like they're part of the sales team and they're not. I've, I've had some scary interactions with people. I'm like, you never left your desk. <laughs> what did you do with that hmm. salesperson? Well, I read the reports the last five months. Oh, great. So you read the reports. <laughs> so what does that mean? So, but a question I have when, so when you're setting this stuff up, so I read this book, it's called Cracking the CR, the, 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 the Sales Management Code, which I kind of stole for the Cracking the CRM Code by Jason Jordan. And had all these different sales metrics, Jeff. There was over 300 metrics of what you can measure in all these different reports. And this one thing stood out to me as I'm looking at all this data. It said, why do sales management groups or, or, or companies try to create activities on things they have no control over? Why do they try to control what you can't control? Because there's certain things you can control and certain things you can't. And then if you're going to measure something, then the sole purpose of measuring it should be to improve it. And it was like a light went on. I'm like, man, I, I've been thinking that, but I just couldn't put it in context. And, and it's correct, right? Because if there's metrics out there, you know, let's say, Jeff, I'm your sales manager. I say, Jeff, I need you to go get me a half million dollars business in the next two months. What are you going to say? I quit. <laughs> I quit. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Let me put my cape on. Here comes a half million dollars. Yeah, right. Out there. right. Yeah, I'm going to say how. Right. Yeah, well, exactly. How? Can you control revenue? You really can't, right? Right. But what can you do? You can influence it. And I think that gets lost. And so when people set up the CRM or their sales stages, their cycle, or whatever they're trying to do in their process, you know, you need to say, why are you going to, you know, what are you measuring and why you're measuring it? Because like I said, if, you, if you're going to measure something that you have no control over, is that a good use of time and effort? Not really. If you, you want to measure something that you have a chance of improving. And one thing that a sales team can completely control over the sales rep is this one word. It's called activity. You can control your activities. As a salesperson, Jeff, you can, I mean, I put it this way. So Jeff is the busiest guy we have in a company. You know that person in your company that can't say no to people? That's Jeff, right? <laughs> He's probably looking at his watch now. Steve, end this podcast now. Uh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I got places to be. It's I got places time, to buddy. be. In. I got other people running me ragged, Steve. Get out, you know, you're not the only one. Um, but you can really kind of control activity. And I think that's kind of lost into it. I mean, did you notice that? Was so? When, are you helping to put people, uh, putting plans together for them, how to how to do the right sales activity, or is that even a discussion point for you? Not part of our implementation at this point. Should be, but but not. And, and, and that's a good point. Like, when do you bring that in? I think we'll have future discussions on that because when, you know, when I would sit down with a sales rep or a sales manager and they're struggling, like, you know, because here, here's something typical. 70% of sales managers have not been trained on how to coach a salesperson. 70%. A lot of companies hire a good salesperson and make them a sales manager. So what does that make them? Manager of salespeople. They're no longer the salesperson. And if 70% of them have never been trained on it, they don't know how to flip the switch, right? They want to be super salesmen. 
you know, do it. But the, the you know, I just remember talking this to to a sales manager. So you know, what was that conversation like? Well, I told him that he had hit his quota. I go, so what the sales rep say? I said I needed help with the quota. And so I said, what did you say? So I was too busy helping other telling other sales reps that he hit their quota. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> <laughs> because he, he he didn't know what to do, right? And he was struggling because he didn't know how to coach a salesperson. Like, okay, you know, you're, you're not hitting your numbers. Let's talk about that. What are you doing, right? Those are conversations. So in the mindset of putting together a plan for a company, so if you want to, there's a, there's, I call it the business result. What do you want to do, Jeff? You want to, you want to increase revenue or you want to increase your market share? What do you, what do you want to do, right? Can, can you control that? You, you can't, right? You can no. influence it. So what happens, there's three categories, and everybody skips the second one. So you have a business result, a sales objective, and a sales activity. So people think, okay, I want to increase revenue, so we'll just make more sales calls. Well, they haven't really defined what the sales call is going to be. Just go out and make more calls. So the sales objective is, is what is the call or what is the activity supposed to be? So the objective is you can increase revenue by maybe new products, or maybe you have current products that are in the customers uh, or, or in your arsenal that they've been considering. Maybe it just takes a lot more training because it's a high-tech product. You know, our new customers, or maybe we've lost some business because our customer service has been poor. But you basically identify the objective, and then you attach an activity to it. So let's say, you know, activities can be things as maybe product training or maybe just improve call planning on your part or doing a demo like you just did before this call. More, more, more account planning, more prospecting calls. So let's say you identify, Jeff, you're a sales manager, and I was coaching this person, and he's like, okay, you know, we need to increase revenue 15% this year. I said, well, great. What do, what do you have in your bag of tricks to help do that? Well, we got a new product coming out. Okay, let's talk about the new product. Okay, so what is it going to take to get this product launched? Well, you know, it's, we have to have meetings and do training and so forth, maybe lunch and learns. Well, let's do that. So now you create an activity to do that, to basically do lunch and learns, for the new product to increase revenue. So now you're kind of getting to a plan. You see what I'm saying? And 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 I, I, and I think that's kind of lost, you know, in the CRM. That's where CRM can really help you. And if you don't have that plan, if you just need a, the check the box mentality. You know, I was in healthcare and I think of all these nurses, once they went to the uh, electronic health record, they had, they had a checklist of things. They would just check off boxes. If CRM is check boxes, okay, I, I got to call the, the person back in a week. I, I, I sent them an email. Or I got to follow up with this person, check that box. Oh, I checked all the boxes. That's the, that's the activity mindset, right, versus the result mindset. The plan that we just talked about gets you to the results mindset. So I, I know I've been rambling on here and taking a lot of your time. I- I thought I thought Steve, this was just another example of the eighty twenty rule with you speaking eighty percent of the time and me shutting up twenty percent of the time. So as I'm driving with my no, wife, but- who listened to our last podcast, she goes, "You know, Jeff used to talk a lot more. What happened?" I said, "I took over." <laughs> That's right. Well, hey, yeah, uh, that is you. You need results. We are. Uh, we are. I mean, when let's let's apply CRM uh, tactics to the uh, to our podcast. Like, why oh, are yeah. we doing it? Yeah, it's, yeah. The why, the why behind not the why just behind to feed us. our egos, right? Well, the why behind it because we were 
told that would be a good idea if we had a podcast. That's the why. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and uh, did did our did our sales manager um, explain to us what he wanted exactly? No, he just uh, he gave us you know some some direction, and uh, we took it from there. So uh, I think that um, I think you bring up. I mean, this is CRM. Every single organization relies on its sales team um, to stay in business, and you know the fact that we have a piece of software that can help us um, in this. I mean, it's not that every organization needs CRM, but um, but I think every organization could benefit from uh, from some aspect of CRM. So it's an important topic, and it is a piece of software, Jeff. And I think that kind of gets lost sometimes, right? You just purchased a piece of software that is a tool to help your sales team. Okay, it's not the end all be all. Um, And, you know, because, you know, the thing that you probably heard a lot, how do I get my salespeople put this stuff in? Right. Um, And I call it the three points in in, in this. This can this can really help because I remember in previous jobs, they wanted a book written. Well, you know, the three points is the who, what and the next step. Who did you talk with? What did you talk to about and what's your plan next step? I met with Jeff. We talked on a podcast. Our next step is to have another podcast. That's all you need to put in there. And then on your pipeline discussions, hopefully, I don't know when you're talking with these other companies, that they need to have either a weekly, biweekly, or monthly discussion on their opportunities, right? That way, you you can kind of go through the opportunities. So it's not just visual. There's actually conversation on that. So I think sometimes that gets lost is that – and I'm surprised – I would say probably at least a third, if not a half of the companies I've talked with, just put it all in there and they don't have any discussions one-on-one time, either with the rep and the sales manager or as a team. And that's just, to me, that's just, it it just doesn't make any sense. So, all right, no time. Anything else you think we should tell our listeners about it or? um, Um, I think we've, you've given us a lot of food for thought. Um, I think uh, hopefully people will be, I'm not sure where the, when this podcast will be live, but hopefully people will get a chance to uh, see your presentation for the Dynamics um, user group community um, to hear even more about this. And um, I think, uh, I think that's it for me. Anything else for you? I think it should do it. This session is called Save My CRM. <clears throat> It'll be on November 19th, I think at 1 o'clock uh, Eastern time or 11. I, maybe I should have checked the time out more. Uh, but it will be recorded, so um, you can be able to go. If you're a, user, a member of the uh, user group, you'll be able to listen to it there. Or on obviously, you can uh, re-listen to the podcast. So as, as we like to always say, you can find us on social media. We are on LinkedIn. We are on Twitter. And we are on Facebook. And Jeff, I think we're now up to about 22 listeners. I've, I was uh, at Summit. I had a couple of people come up to me and, and tell me they listened. And when I was actually at the uh, Northern Michigan User Group last week, and I had uh, uh, at least one person <laughs> that was a non-relative tell us that they were uh, uh, listening to the podcast. So we, we appreciate everybody listening. And until next time, have a great day. All right. Thanks, everyone.